Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Swolecast episode 13 here at the offseason. And this is the pre-Scott Fishbowl 10 episode. This is the pre-4th of July episode. And this is the backwards hat gang episode. Tuttle, where's your backwards hat, bro? All right, be right back. All right, man. Gosh, Wait, this is, this is a cool moment because... Tuttle's energy levels are notoriously low. This harkens back to the time he ran off screen and came back wearing a kimono. So, like, yeah. I think we might be getting old Tuttle back right now. All right. Very, very nice. Until, like, odds are that he's in the Scott Fishbowl or what? Like, plus 1,000? Odds, odds that Tuttle, like, percentage chances that Tuttle's in the Scott Fishbowl is same as the number of sentences he'll say on this show, about 8%. <laughs> okay. Got that Playboy fantasy uh, FanDuel Playboy swag. Hat. Love that TBT, bro. Well, this is a family show, Tuttle. I mean, to be oh, promoting. <laughs> there we go. go. Matches the bros your, uh... are here. <laughs> the Swolecast bros. Uh, but how are you guys more excited about Scott Fishbowl or 4th of July? Scott wow. Fishbowl. Dude, I'm so excited about Hang Scott on. Fishbowl. Real quick question. Is Scott watching? <laughs> yes. The Scott Fishbowl, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I love the Scott Fishbowl. I will just say that I have you have am, you ever made the playoffs in your division? Last year is the first year ever. And so yeah. I gotta I gotta keep it going. The key to the Scott Fishbowl playoffs is the waiver wire. That's waiver Incorrect. wire because zero percent uh, accurate. No, that is correct. It is it is wholly inaccurate, but I am not surprised that that's what you think. What do you think it is, Davis? Do you think it's all the draft? I think it's draft. I think it's getting the positional values correct because every year the positional values shift just a little bit and figuring out the right way to deal with the way that Scott does the scoring is the key. Can't draft Jameson you- minus four INT. League. It was minus. It was minus four int last week, last year, and Jameis was the fourteenth highest score in the whole thing. Uh, Davis, you are in the same division as at Clutch Fantasy. No, Scott. You're uh, not? Scott. Scott actually messaged me and was uh, was like, you know, what's what's the deal with this? And I was like, oh, you know, we just don't like each other. And Scott was like, you know, this is supposed to be for fun. So he switched. Uh, he switched the guy out. 
And uh, game theory gone bad. I'm in a division with Sean Siegel, so <laughs> bad, bad beat. <laughs> Sounds like Davis went wait, out. Wait, are you saying oh that my it was completely random that you yeah. guys were in? It was There's- random. And Davis, and Davis wimped out of this match. Over I didn't say 1,400 I... teams. Davis thinks that Jacob Rickroad is a donkey at Clutch Fantasy on Twitter. If you want to follow him, he's in our YouTube chat. He thinks currently. thinks he's thinks he's a donkey, and yet doesn't want to play in his conference with him. Yeah, that's. I, I'm just going to call it how I see weak. it, Davis. And you you tell me if I'm wrong. I think that the risk of you getting beat in that league by Jacob was more than you were willing to handle. No, historically, I'm really good at this. I've never missed the playoffs in the four years I've played, and I've made the semifinals twice. So why? So I, I disagree. So, so why? Why? In this, If there was anything that could bring you two together, wouldn't it be the spirit of the Scott Fishbowl? Scott DeAndre said... Is there a thing I don't know about? Did you guys request the same division? And I just said, I requested the 104. We don't like each other. It's not a big deal. Scott said, I may move uh, one of you. SFB is supposed to be fun and positive. No need to fuel flames. So the only thing, Davis, is this is really bad optics for you because it does yeah. look like you're running from him. Yeah, I, Jacob wins this round, in my opinion. Wow. It's like not hands even down. close. Nope, hands down. I'm, this... I'm pretty confident that it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the biggest deal it's of a big the deal. century. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. Of all the stuff going on in 2020, this ranks pretty high up on the list of big deals. Oh, wow, you're like the uh, you're like the the mom who's like super protective of their kid and wants like to move him out of the class because they don't get along with somebody else. Um, not yeah, I mean doesn't really feel like that big of a deal. Like, we're both still competing in this. So. Maybe you guys can book a side bet for, you know, most That's what scored. I was thinking. Like, yeah. Scott Fishbowl, sure. like, it, it, would, it could generate so much, like, positivity. Like, Davis, I know you, well, here's what you, know, you enjoy David, a Davis gathering of negativity. Yep. So yeah. here's, what Kitchen, here's what Kitchen doesn't understand because his Twitter presence is so um, menial that <laughs> – when when people when people take shots at you and you are established, you have basically nothing to gain because if you beat them, they'll just say, "Well, that's expected." And if you lose, you know, people get to be like, "Oh, I, I beat you. You you suck." And uh, so this is nothing. exactly what I said. This is exactly what I just said. Is that the risk of him beating you was was too high? Like, for no, your I'm, brand. I'm fine to book. I'm fine to book some sort of side bet. I I didn't. Mm particularly care either way i didn't say anything a lot better if you got if you wouldn't have ran i do like dave's galaxy brain theory of if we get a gathering of negativity it could ultimately reduce or result in a lot of positivity and good for the community it's like two wrongs canceling each other out and making a right well if anything could bring like you could you could raise money you could take the gathering of negativity and raise money from you know people wanting to do whatever you could but the name is scott fishbowl but i understand i I think i understand as far as uh davis goes anyways i um, take away from this is davis hates charities (laughs) davis hates you know hungry people hungry kids that don't have lunches without school okay so (laughs) pull us back dave get us back dave doesn't know how to bring that one back yeah uh so everyone uh so like a 
Peter, you were looking forward to 4th of July. <laughs> you know, the thing oh, I love All most right. about 4th of July, Dave, is it brings our country yeah. together. It doesn't matter religion, yeah. race, creed. We all come together and celebrate this great country we live in. And that's what I love about that holiday. Yeah. All right. Same. <laughs> I, I'll be, I will be uh, smoking a pork butt. I will be you. You you saw me say smoking. You thought I was, it was, it. Be I was just thinking else. you just cheebing on a big one, dude. <laughs> no, oh, that big one's gonna be a uh, big thing of pulled pork. Is what it's gonna be. That big one's gonna be the big green egg. Oh, I missed that. All right, uh, so we got to talk about Cam Newton because that was the big story this week. Lot lots going around the the Cam Newton hot take. You know if. Poor Tyler Higby got overshadowed by Cam Newton this week. Um, barely. But Cam Newton signs with the Patriots. What was your first thought, Davis? Uh, seems like we all knew this was going to happen for like two months. There was no way they were going to go with Stidham from uh, – from week one, there were there were some pretty good futures to be had out there. Cam Newton, like plus four hundred to be the starting quarterback week one for the Patriots, which were um, some of the some of the softest action you'll get out there because you know donkeys were betting Stidham and Hoyer and stuff. Pete, I'll I'll never forget where I was when I heard the news. Um, <laughs> I was sitting right you're here a big at my Patriots computer. fan. You're a big I Patriots am. fan, so I am. You know, it's um. It's been hard for me to stomach this. It's been a roller coaster uh, seeing touchdown Tommy leave the, you know, the state. And, um, you know, I was worried about Stidham. You know, we haven't seen a lot from him. And to bring in Cam Newton, uh, I was overjoyed. It's nice to get a real quarterback back in New England. And uh, I think Super Bowl is back on the table, Dave. Uh, let's go Patriots. It is, it is crazy, though that he didn't have anywhere to go and then he lands with the pats tuttle your your theory on this what is it they got him for cheap man why not i'm i'm actually so people are cracking down on siege a little bit with his uh stidham still the starter takes you know his logic is is not quite there but if I was going to take a bet, I would. Are take you the telling plus me that CJ Coltonsbach's logic is not quite there on his <laughs> subject? Quite, I don't know. If, I don't know if I believe you. It's disconnected in a lot of places here. But if I had to bet on who would be the starting quarterback, I would take whoever is plus money, just because I, I think it's pretty close to fifty-fifty at this point. And if I can get, I think Sims at like around plus three hundred right now. So if I can get that implied probability where he's you know thirty-five, forty percent range, I'd take that right now. I mean, there's definitely some injury concern, obviously. Two shoulder surgeries, the Liz Frank injury. Like, the fact that nobody else won. Is it, Davis, do you think it's the fact that no one else wanted him or the fact that no one else wanted him as a starter? Obviously, Mariota got paid. Um, you know, you take a look at, in in Harditz, push this as far as like Cam Newton getting 550000 guaranteed. In hard to just mention that the you know Chase Daniel three Chase Daniel year, got eight million dollars guaranteed, uh, five million guaranteed with a three year thirteen million dollar contract. So, um, do you think do you do you think it's like the whole starter or not issue? Like, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm just blown away that the only team was the Patriots. 
I mean, I do think there's a lot of franchises where you can point to the investment they made to how much they're going to commit to it. Like we look at the Texans with David Johnson and and what they gave up to get him. And you know, they want to save face and and make that trade look like it was better. But the Patriots, uh, more so than any of organization have shown us that it's, it's a true meritocracy there that whoever they think is the best is going to play. It does not matter how much money's invested in them. So I'm less um, looking into how much they gave him as a reason to say he won't be the starter. I'd, I'd rather just evaluate it straight up for talent, which I think that's what the Pats are going to do. All right. Yeah, I think, I mean, I would imagine that the reason Cam Newton was not signed by a team earlier was, we, we talked about this earlier on the show this offseason, but just there really was a surplus of quarterbacks for I mean, the first time that we can remember guys who've been starters in the NFL for years, like Andy Dalton, are signing backup deals. You know, the Los Angeles Chargers have two guys who are probably starter quality in Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. Jameis Winston took the $1.1 million deal with New Orleans Saints after leading the NFL in passing yards. And then the health stuff with Cam, too. You know, it was hard to get Cam Newton to a team facility and take physicals and actually watch him work out when – you, you couldn't fly places, right? Like you literally could not have team workouts. So, and, and I think probably the Patriots plan this whole time was to sign a veteran and not go in with Hoyer and Stidham. And I think that, you know, I think they would have been fine with Andy Dalton. I think they would have been fine with Jameis. I think they would have been fine with Cam and they kind of just waited to get the best deal possible, which is what Belichick always does. All right. Do we, so, do we know for sure Cam did not have any other offers, or are we just assuming that based on how little they paid for him? Well, That's the Chargers, the Chargers said the Chargers were one of the rumored teams for a while, and they said like we're we're not interested with Herbert and Tyrod that they were already paying. And you know, once Jameis signed with the Saints, the the team that was most irresponsible in the way they treated the quarterback market this offseason, I think was the Steelers. Cause we saw they, they basically have the two worst backup quarterbacks, like might be the, you know, the 56th and the 58th best quarterbacks in the league in Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. And Ben Roethlisberger is, you know, held together by like masking tape at this point, them, them not signing Jameis basically seems terrible. I think, I mean, my question is, does Cam sign anywhere else for this contract? I mean, he probably wanted to sign with the Patriots, right? Because he would like to That's win. Like, I don't, yeah. Like, he's not going to sign a backup QB spot anywhere. I like, this I is s- the one spot he could win a, win a starting job right off the bat. I thought I saw somewhere where um, it, Cleveland may have expressed interest but didn't didn't pursue it. But. Well, you don't <laughs> – I don't know if I would want that because Cam might be better than Baker right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, – all right. Let's are, are, are we gonna I let's feel assume like the, the next part of this conversation is right. Are we gonna have the whole offseason like the Pats are gonna use two QBs? They're gonna have different packages for I've, I've already seen that. Of, I've already seen that thrown out. Yeah, I know it's coming. I mean, they're just gonna use <laughs> all right. So let's let's assume that Cam is the starter. Would you put him as a top twelve quarterback? So, like, you know, if you've got a 12-team league, would you put him as one of the starters in that league, or would he be a backup, Davis? I projected him for 14 games, so 90% of the passing attempts and 18% of the rushing attempts for the Patriots, and I have him as QB8 
right now with with, with two missed games. Wow. But that's, that's assuming that's assuming that he can run, which last year in the two games that he played, he had exactly one run. Literally, he in two games, he ran one time. Remember that Thursday night game against the Buccaneers? They had the fourth and goal to win the game, and they called that weird pitch play to McCaffrey on the edge instead of running, you know, the the quarterback power or whatever. So, I mean, I think maybe there, there's a big chance that this projection is wrong if Cam can't – I mean, if Cam can't run, he's going to be useless for fantasy more or less. Isn't that like kind of the slogan to your projections underneath? It <laughs> just says there's a big chance that these projections are wrong. I mean, if you're if you're if you're using a if you're using a Bayesian approach, that should be the way you view all projections, anyway. Uh, so, uh, all right. What what format do we prefer, Cam, in then? Uh, like tur- Davis, tournament formats, I think no, you like him. Best ball. Davis, Where's the best if, ball layup for over? No, I know. I was but ready like, for Davis, it. He's Davis is QB eight though. If Davis says QB eight, he's not a best ball guy. He's not going to get drafted anywhere near there. Well, that's what oh, I'm saying. Already, Davis could just already, take he's him. already going high. No. Davis could just take him later on. Hashtag late round QB. My uh, my my fill in. The um, the problem the problem with guys like Cam in best ball is guys who have these super wide range of outcomes. You actually like them less in best ball because you can't cut them and replace them. So I, I'm not really interested in. I mean, obviously, I will take Cam in some best balls over the next couple months, I imagine. But he's actually clearly worse in that format. All right, I he, thought I, I, I thought Peter was going to be the high one uh, as QB eight, but I don't even think he's going to beat QB eight. Pete, where do you have Cam? Yeah, so I was actually adjusting my ranks just before we came on. Um, <laughs> right now, I did move him up to QB seventeen. Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole thing too about there's so many issues with. When Cam was a fantasy monster, it was because he was rushing a lot. He was getting those goal line carries. He had a lot of good weapons. I guess maybe early on when he only had Kelvin Benjamin, it wasn't that good. When did he have good weapons, Pete? You need to walk that one back because that's never been true. You're right. Uh, I'll just take the L on that one. Uh, Chris, Chris Hogan. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess the uh, the Greg Olson, uh, Kelvin Benjamin isn't making any. Uh, <laughs> like, imagine, here. imagine the temper tantrums Brady would have thrown if the Patriots were like, "All right, here's Kelvin Benjamin. Go throw this guy 120 targets." Yeah. So let's so, just say he has similar weapons that he's used to. I, I still think that offense. <clears throat> is going to want to be run heavy. We have to wonder, is he going to get utilized around the goal line? Um, I think there's question marks. I think I think you got to have him outside of your top 15 quarterbacks. You, you know who's a better Cam Newton than Cam Newton at this point in his career? Who? Ryan Tannehill. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd take Tannehill over Cam in any drafts. Yes. All right. Uh, Davis, do you agree with that? Uh, Cam Newton right now is going over the last four days in the football guys players championship quarterback 15 ahead of Baker ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G, Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill who's going as the quarterback 23 and I think that's about right. Let's go see poor fish in that league. All right. Uh, Tuttle where would you like would you have him ranked above Baker and Tannehill? I mean I hate Ryan Tannehill so yeah definitely definitely above (laughs) Ryan Tannehill. Um, yeah, Baker's yeah, I'll, I'll rank them above both of those. But once we start getting to like the Daniel Jones range, give me Daniel Jones, man. Daniel Jones goes QB 14 directly ahead of, of cam. There you go. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not I, ranking him QB eight. That's for sure. I just I didn't rank. I, don't I ranked know. him. I ranked him QB thirteen when I just did my rankings this morning. And it was funny how people were like, "Well, Nikhil Harry, stock up, give him a bump." But like, we still don't know what Nikhil Harry really is. Like, he, well, he made a, a better stylistic. Of, he's a better stylistic fit than Edelman for sure. Right, and that's what I'm. I guess what I'm getting at is that we we still don't know like what kind of weapons that he has, and if he's not the same cam newton as what he once was in a run heavy offense uh it just feels like uh, phil davis i'm just gonna say qb8 feels a little high for him but you guys yeah, stay on brand that's and why i, I wouldn't and rank i appreciate there. that i'm not i'm not i'm not ranking there i ranked him qb13 but the projections are not the rankings what what's his ceiling i mean the ceiling is he's totally healthy they have this super run-heavy offense, and they use because you know Sony is so dust. They just use him as the goal line back, every, like every time down there, and he scores like twelve rushing touchdowns or something. But but to Tuttle's point about like what the betting markets would be for Stidham versus Cam Week One starter, if you look at any other quarterbacks that are going to be in say your top even twenty, maybe top eighteen, aren't all of them like ninety-five percent or higher to be to the start starter? Week one. Yeah. So, so take you, an injury for them not to. Right. So then to have Cam that high with that much um, risk to him not even starting, that seems like it should be baked in a little more. I'm just trying to punch up your I, projections, I, I agree, bro. man. I agree. All you're, right. You're basically, uh, with, with, with where you have him projected, you're basically, yeah, assuming he's 100% starting week one. So even if you take right. pessimistic projections and say, you know, or optimistic, I should say, and give him an 80% chance. It's still going to dock him quite a bit. This show's getting a little too into the spreadsheets for my liking, guys. <laughs> we do have to move on. We're going to be talking about Scott Fishbowl. But uh, first, we have an exciting offer that uh, Pete's going to tell us about. Oh, yeah. Um, this is really exciting. I've been talking behind the scenes with everyone at Roto Grinders. I'm like, what can we offer to our loyal fans and viewers? Something with an extremely high valuation, something that would get everyone super excited to be a part of this community. And I want everyone to know in in 23 minutes, um, we are going to be giving away the largest pass that we've ever given away in our entire life. And this is like a monthly pass. No, this is a lifetime subscription on iTunes to the small pass. So I was what would you value? What would you value something like that at? I was going back and forth with Cal, you know, big numbers guy. We put it at roughly a million dollar valuation. <laughs> that might be low. That might be low. Come on. Soulcast family. Hey, you say that. You say that, but Cal, CEO of Rotor Grinders, he actually won a million dollars based on the Soulcast and the George Kittle take That's from true. uh so from that be the floor. That the floor is a million dollars. I mean, no. this is it's the upside. This could be like RBX eighty eight style, where you win multiple millionaire makers. This could be a three, four million dollar valuation. So all you guys have to do is you have to go and follow Swolecast on Twitter. Yeah. Um, you yeah. just have to keep watching, and you will be eligible to subscribe to iTunes for the podcast feed, which drops every Friday morning or Thursday yeah. afternoon in that feed. That would be yeah. life changing. Like behind marriage and having kids, yeah, I think that would be up. That would be up there. 
The Swolecast has its own separate feed uh, on iTunes. So just search Swolecast, you'll see it. Also, own separate feed on YouTube. So, yeah, make sure you're make make sure you uh, you follow at Swolecast on Twitter because this is a deal that uh, you cannot pass up. Uh, also, hearing that this week's iTunes version is going to be slightly edited. <laughs> as well. I'm also I'm also hearing those reports. Yeah, so let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about Scott Fishbowl Ten SFBX. If you see it on your timeline, it is because everyone it's because is somehow it somehow it. got through your mute filter. Yeah, if, like I, I will say, I will say, I love Scott Fishbowl. As soon as Scott Fishbowl starts, the the people that are mocking it and like they've started a whole Slack like Slack. Not even like a oh Slack the the one oh the one oh four Discord is is bopping at all times. Yeah, they 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 have a one oh eight because I'm the eighth pick. You guys are the fourth pick, uh, and like I had to mute my uh, my Twitter channel because like and I understand wow, it. People, that's a really negative thing to do. That's yeah. literally that's literally a gathering of negativity. Hey, uh, Peter, have you muted your Twitter channel? Anything to do with Scott Fishbowl? You know what? I quite the contrary. No, Peter, I, Peter, no, answer Dave, the. I, I'm going to tell you what I did. I followed every single person that has the 104, and I turned notifications <laughs> on for all of their tweets. <laughs> no, you did not. You did not do that. <laughs> My phone is just like a slot machine of notifications. I can't get enough. All right. Uh, so Scott Fish, obviously based on the saint of the fantasy industry, Scott Fish, um, has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity through the unofficial official start of the fantasy football season, 1,400 teams in it this year. You can already sign up for next year's Scott Fishbowl. I go to scottfishbowl.com for that. But it, you hear every those year is different. Tuttle? Do you hear those yeah. instructions how to get in? We got to get yeah, Tuttle in next year, right? To Scott Fish? Uh, <laughs> Tuttle, have, have you even like thought about signing up for a Scott Fishbowl ever? Uh, no, I, no, I saw the shirts. I think the the Lego shirt I was thinking about buying. That's about the commitment I was yeah, it's sold out. To put in. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, uh, too, too I I have like three of the past four years. I always think about the shirt after it sold out. But I got two from last year, so that's good. I will um, say the you guys aren't doing a great job of selling it by hearing that there's discords for draft positions. That's like <laughs> sounds like my nightmare personally. <laughs> But that you don't have to join them, like. Uh, but people are taking this so seriously that, um, that they are like already discussing game theory for like the first couple rounds of the draft. Total. I think you're kind of um, not understanding the community aspect of these chats. Like, for instance, <laughs> Lauren and I are going to be renewing our vows, and a guy in the 104 <laughs> chat is going to be my best man. Um, and things just kind of move fast and you make a lot of friends that you have for life. So I, I keep an open mind about it. Yeah. All right. And that's one of the, one of the reasons why I had to also get onto my, uh, my burner account is because uh, the notifications from the tweets I'm getting from the, uh, from our league and from the, the draft position stuff. So um, it's, what's the, uh, it's crazy. What's the big target back in one Oh eight land. I can't even imagine that conversation. You guys talking a lot of tight ends. I imagine. <laughs> I was I was telling Leone that uh, I'm pretty sure the 108 is like the stone worst of all of the draft spots. I think that would be the one that I would rank last of the 12. 
It's like in that no man's land territory. Well, you miss you miss Lamar and Mahomes, and then you miss the five workhorse running backs. Running backs, backs. yeah. I, so you gotta I, take. But, I love the tight ends. I, I would be going Kelsey or Kittle from 108 if they're there. Uh, D- Davis, explain the, uh, since you have uh, already written your column on Scott Fishbowl, explain the scoring settings for people that are listening. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. These are these are the main wrinkles that make it different from a regular league. Uh, first is that you start ten players, one quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end, four flexes with one super flex, minus four points for an interception, minus six points for uh, a pick six, and then that what really wrinkles it is that you get minus one for every sack, minus one for every incompletion, and point five points for every completion, and then tight ends get a bonus uh, 0.5 for reception and a bonus 0.5 for first down. So what the first down scoring does is Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Christian McCaffrey. Not only are these dudes getting, you know, insane amounts of receptions. Derrick but, Henry. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Derrick Henry meets his qualification, but like the guys who get a ton of volume already, um, you know, just the, that extra first down points. Like these, these dudes can just routinely throw up like 35 points without scoring a touchdown. And there are bonuses for getting to 50 and 100 yards as well. Yeah. So at the four spots, is there like a consensus number four? Or do you guys not want to tip your hand? No, I mean, it's, it's kind of all over the map. Um, people, yeah, our chat people, has gotten into some really deep, like, uh, bimodial distribution conversations. No, the, the funniest thing is everyone's pretty much on board, right? One of the top two quarterbacks, Saquon C-Mac. But then we got my guy, Shane Battier, coming in there being like... Mike Thomas. He goes, should we hold the zero RB line? Shane Battier is one of the foremost zero RB truthers. And he's, like, telling people he's willing to pass on Saquon and everybody in this chat... And everybody's just so triggered, and uh, I'm loving it. It's it's really something to see. Well, good, good for him. Um, so, <clears throat> do you have any tips for me at the eight spot? Like, who would you pick at the eight spot? I told you, yeah, you got to take Kelsey or, or Kittle, or 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 Dak or Kyler. I think are both fine as well. Uh, Blair Andrews wrote an article and he showed if you started your draft with five tight ends, cause it's possible to get them based on ADP then versus just like the other ADP more spread out positionally in the five tight end start, uh, was like 10 points projected higher than the, than the regular start. Like the tight ends have huge excess value in this. If you can hit the, the kind of target hog tight ends. All right. Uh, ADP right now has Dalvin Cook as the uh, eighth player off the board. So, so Kelsey Kelsey goes ahead of him because of that uncertainty. Man, what it, what it, what's going to be quite a scene for for all Soccer David if he takes Dalvin and Dalvin ends up holding out? <laughs> I wouldn't take Dalvin. I would take Derrick Henry over Dalvin just for <laughs> just for brand. Hey, buddy, you'll be able to take Derrick Henry there if you want. This oh, is I know. A- this is a live look at uh, at Kitchen when he finds out Dalvin Cook's holding out for the whole season after drafting him with his first pick in the Scott Fishbowl. I'm glad the T-shirt was sold out. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, last year I made the playoffs with a holdout running back, Zeke. Okay. So uh, you know how I did it? Where did you draft? On me? the waiver wire, Dave. On the waiver wire. <laughs> Not That's work, where all the best teams are built. That's right. Uh, Dak Prescott right now going ahead of Kelsey at number nine. 
Wow. QB3 Davis for Dak Prescott? That's where I have him ranked. That's been a trendy move for analysts this offseason to have Dak up at QB3 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Russ Wilson then overtakes that spot if he gets an Antonio Brown. Do you agree, Davis? No. Why not? But is signing Antonio Brown magically going to turn them into a 60-40 pass run team? Yes, of course. I don't think so. I don't buy it. If they sign Antonio Brown. Of of all teams, I have Seattle projected only behind Baltimore in terms of run-pass split. <clears throat> you got to factor in big play. I think you oh, also have to factor in – I follow a lot of people on Seahawks Twitter, and they often say, mm-hmm. let Russ cook. And yeah. if they mm-hmm. listen to Seahawks Twitter, I think Russ might cook. Yeah, if they let Russ yeah. cook. <laughs> so a whole new ballgame? You call those so, insiders. So, so Josh Gordon has applied for reinstatement. They could have these four receivers, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Flash Gordon, and Antonio Brown. You're telling uh, me you're not going to put them as What I'm telling QB3? you is that you better get ready for a heaping helping of Travis Homer. <laughs> <laughs> All Look, dude, hear- it's, just, it's a way of life for them at this point. All I all I hear when you list those four wide receivers is two grown ass men and two little slot wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot of targets to the tight end position to me. <laughs> yeah, it Uh-oh. sounds like Will Disley season. No, we got to get our Big Hollister sees it out. Tuttle these right. those picks. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so coming back around at the four spot, have you already thought about second and third round? Like what you want roster construction to be for Scott Fishbowl, Peter? Yeah, I. I would like to get one of those quarterbacks and then my dream start. Uh, I swear to God, if anyone in my league is listening to this, I would love to start <laughs> Lamar. Mark Andrews would be uh, my dream start. That's a very right, good start. That was uh, my other question is because the whole tournament style, like how much are you if, wanting to If you don't stack, stack you're, you're not going to win. I'll just, you just, you won't like you're, you're, you are choosing to not have a tournament winning team. If you're not stacking. I agree. I agree with you there. Davis, what is your ideal roster construction? Uh, I think I'm going to try. No worries because Jacob Rickroad is not listening. I think I'm going to try the the Chiefs gambit. I think I'm going to attempt, if if I'm able to get Mahomes at 104, I'm going to take Tyreek in the second round, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the third round, and then, of course, get McColl in the ninth or tenth round. And Tuttle, you? <laughs> no, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna mute and play uh, League of Legends. What Dave, I, what I, you could do, you could do a Titans onslaught if Henry falls to you. You could, you, you can, can do a Titans onslaught agent. really easily. Yeah, there may be the worst oh, yeah. team. There may be the worst like good offense in this format though, because they're gonna run like 400 plays all year long. Yeah, I was looking at the Eliminator Soccer Dave Eliminator League, and spot eight <laughs> is Devontae Adams, and that means I would have to get Aaron Rodgers possibly down the road, and I just I don't know if I'm ready for is that. Is there a league where you could trust the ADP less than the Soccer than the Dave Soccer Eliminator League? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what s- gathering of people come out for that one. Did you see my, my draft in the uh, the – Soccer Dave Eliminator League. You know, you know, Dave. I didn't. 
I, I actually oh, missed wow. that. Sprint also, I've done I've done these eliminator leagues every year, and I'm still yet to understand like the core concepts. So I just am just throwing random well, darts every year. One of the core concepts is like you because the it's different from the Scott Fishbowl because of team defense. But I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. So I actually took like six defenses out of my last seven or eight picks. Like it was Anthony McFarland, Tyrell Williams, and then the rest were just defenses. But in this draft, seventeen teams and. Every week, the last team gets eliminated. So I got C-Mac, Baker, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Stephon Diggs, Hooper, and then Kashawn Vaughn, Christian Kirk, and Jonu Smith. That, my friends, is a brand (laughs) draft. The thing, I so I thought my first FFC eliminator this year, I thought there was it was completely positionless. And I was like, man, these quarterbacks keep falling. I started with four quarterbacks. <laughs> you can only start two. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. But uh, no, I do, I still do think like three three to four is the optimal number for starters. Yeah, just not starting with four. <laughs> yeah. I will definitely have some Titans exposure to in the Scott Fishball draft. If, if someone takes that from me, I will uh, legit be upset for sure. Who's in your well, division that you know? So – it's a few different guys. Go ahead, Davis. Okay, to me, the most interesting wrinkle of all of this is the types of quarterbacks you want to be targeting for your second quarterback are actually radically different in this scoring than in every other Superflex league in existence. You know, in other Superflex leagues, you are really targeting for a guy who can break into that top 12 in weird game scripts. You know, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones. I think Cam Newton is a really good example of a guy who's a good target in Superflex leagues right now. Uh, Because of the points per incompletion and the points per sack taken, like Daniel Jones is going to have six weeks this year with like minus five or worse. Um, So some of the five condom quarterbacks like Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, even even Aaron Rodgers really are legit targets in this format because they're just going to have so few weeks where they like actually crush you. Uh, You were asking me about who's in my league. Andrew Erickson from PFF. Do you know? Do you know him? Never heard of him. Oh my gosh! You never heard of Andrew Erickson? Are you even in the only yeah, PFF I, I guy I know is Ian Harditz. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew Andrew Erickson is um, Andrew Erickson underscore. And if this guy beats me, then we've got serious issues. Just go take a look at his profile pic. Andrew Erickson underscore. I'm I'm is he not, throwing is he not a Titans guy. Yeah, <laughs> he is like oh, this wow. is like <laughs> oh god, he lives in my city. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, you live oh, there. Yes. You know, Strafford lives there too. Yeah, I know. Trying to keep him at bay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he is. Uh, he's got the. He's got a suit on. He looks like he's maybe 19 or 20 and uh, and and holding a football, not even like the Heisman, just holding the football like a loaf of bread. And uh, yeah, so gauntlet thrown this. I'm not running from this guy. Davis would probably ask for like he sees a guy in a business suit with a football. He'll probably he would probably message Scott. Can I please get in the league? Can I please get in the league? <laughs> not me. I'm not running from this guy. Uh, I would probably run from uh, Brandon. Is it Gadula or Dula? Is the G silent? Gadula. He's really good. Gadula. He is a he is sure. a nerd. 
and uh, he he works with with JJ, who was on the show last week with, there at Number Fire, and uh, he is he's definitely a sharp guy. He would probably be the number one guy I'm worried about. Also, the guy that introduced me to intermittent fasting like five years ago. Before I, you're, you're literally before you're throwing you're throwing bit. you're throwing so many shots at Pete right now. You're really infringing on his brand. Well, first of all, whatever he did to sell you on it, it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> so uh, the only reason I remember that is because he said in his long email because uh, he like you know he is a he's an analytic guy. So I was asking about something like healthy eating and he goes in this intermittent. You have, you heard about this intermittent fasting and then writes like a, you know, 10,000 word article in this email. And the one thing I remember is on exercise days, you can eat ice cream. <laughs> that was your takeaway. That was <laughs> my like, takeaway is that if I eat in that small window, that eight hour window that, uh, that I could have ice cream. So that's how I remember. But uh, yeah, Brandon's in there, and then uh, Michael Florio from NFL.com also in there. Well, who's in uh, who's in your league, Pete? Bunch of nobodies. Bunch I can't of- believe I got stuck in a league with Sean. It's like literally unfair. That would be my nightmare because I draft off of Sean's ranks, so I would be <laughs> like, that would suck. Uh, and we'll, we will have Josh ADHD's app on the uh, Rotogrunner site. So his Scott Fishbowl app, so you can see everybody's draft. You can see who's drafting who, all the different stats. Uh, there's more apps out there also kind of in the spirit of Scott Fishbowl. But with the Josh ADHD app, I know for a fact you can look up the people who you think are sharp and who they are drafting and like their draft board, and it does help. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Legit or bit? <laughs> Legit or bit, Bryson's diet, Davis. It is. I think it is not a bit. I think this dude's literally slugging about eight protein shakes a day, combined with uh, like a, a whole package of bacon. This guy. This guy. Is I didn't really... see that much of a difference between the before and after picks. Like it was like maybe ten pounds muscle max. No, difference. no. Let me. Let I, me. Read... I'm taking the hard over on 10 let me read the the diet that was posted recently for people so breakfast four eggs five bacon strips toast two to three uh protein shakes while playing go macro bars several peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh protein shake every six holes three total post round snacks another protein shake dinner steak potatoes two more protein straight two more protein shakes that's uh that's a day in the life of bryson dechambeau uh, can't like as he. I'm laughing and kitchen's following. like that sounds about right. Kitchen's like, what <laughs> yeah. do I? Is this <laughs> yeah. kitchen's like? Is this how I get good at what, golf? Like what? Is this a Bryson diet? Uh, but how is he driving the ball like way farther than he was previously, Davis? I mean, he's driving the ball further than anyone on tour. Uh, Rory Rory had a quote after they played together two weekends ago of being like, Hol- like holy shit, like I can't on my best day, I can't hit it that far. He did the math, dude. Bryson literally did the math and was like, okay, I'm going to give up this part of my game by being too bulked up, but I'm going to gain, you know, X amount of strokes from being able to hit the ball 20 yards further that it ends up being worth it because he just, he solved the golf. Is he working out at Planet Fitness? I, I I heard he, I heard he, I heard he, he went to the one in West Virginia. 
he's got to uh, learn how to still because before it was all like thinking right he was using his brain and now he's relying too much on bulk where he's still he's trying to use his muscle to get him in spots that you know are very minor uh beneficial to him he's trying to hit it you know like this is going terribly what i'm trying to explain but basically he's trying to hit it in (laughs) narrow spots and it's not working very well in some instances. It is. He's, he has three straight top tens. He's destroying everyone but I'm, while being. But I'm one talking. Of the... I'm no. I'm talking about like par fives here, where it's like he's trying to push it. You know, a three sixty. I mean, he forty will he, he do. Is, so like his misses, he's hitting shots yes. where like no one else on a golf course has ever hit a shot from there because he's just he's in such weird spots. Yeah, Tuttle, right. like are he, you are you boomering this take? You're like I just wish he'd hit it nice and easy straight down the middle. <laughs> None of these kids just trying to no, I was, Gilmore it to the green. I was sweating him a little bit last week, and he just like like he does he still does stupid things or he's doing more stupid things now that he's relying on his muscle. A little I mean, bit. he he had a miss on the 16th hole last Sunday. That was so bad. His miss, he was hitting from over a bunker on the left side of the course that they said no one has hit a shot from here all week. And there was like no backstop on the green for a shot because no one ever approaches it from that way. And he burned like it was the exact shot he wanted, but he burned it 20 feet past the hole because it's literally like the course is not even meant to be able to be played that way. Tuttle, where did you come in on exposure this week with the field around 30% on him? Oh, I only played I so um, my one golf sweat per week is now letting each of my kids and my wife pick one golfer. <laughs> I like and then it. I picked the last golfer. And uh so I have zero percent, which would be underweight. So what let me hear who were the picks? Who did the kids pick? Uh the three year old picked uh Christian Bazudenhout. Is that how you pronounce it? Sounds good to me. As long as none of them took as long as none of them took Scheffler, you're probably fine. Oh, I know who you're gonna be mad at. The well the uh, the two year old took Patrick Reed, who Davis is gonna hate. How, and how did the two year old select him? Just curious. He just goes up and down a little bit, and then he <laughs> just picks whoever he wants. He just clicks on it and goes and points at it. Basically, long story short, I have the worst golfer picked with Snedeker. Sned- yeah. You know this would be a great TikTok series, uh, uh, the video each week of the family making the lineup. <laughs> there I'm you just, go. Just Especially you. once we ship the the millie. But you need the 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 recording footage from making the lineup for the, the narrative to really go through the roof. All right, legit or bent? Tyler Higby as a what? What was the absolute, original take? Absolute bit. Was the original was the original take top three tight end or top five tight end? I right mean, now he's, he's going, going tight, like end the tight end eight. Yeah, absolute bit taking him there, Peter. You know, I feel like it's such kind of a a hot topic that's kind of dividing our community right now that (laughs) it's unfair to even take a side. I mean, can't we just all come together and say we like the Rams tight ends? You know, I mean, how hard is that? I I think it's like you have to like one and you have to think one is going to be a lot like just continuated last year and that Gerald Everett is just going to watch him from the sideline. Yeah. No, my take has been that Everett is undervalued and Higby is overvalued. Their ADP should be closer. And just structurally, I kind of don't like that entire range of like tight end five to tight end 10. I like waiting till after Higby and Hooper go and then getting Hawkinson, Gasecki, Goddard, some of those guys that I perceive as having more upside. 
Janu. Janu. Um, no, Janu is the most ladarious green ass player of all time. Dalton King Davis, Cam Newton, Davis. You, <laughs> <laughs> you doubting Janu Smith is the new you doubting Derrick Henry from twenty nineteen. Janu Smith is a man. They're they're giving him runs. I'm loving. Oh I'm gosh. loving this analysis. Janu Smith is a man. I'm surprised, Davis, because. Johnny Smith actually does feel like a Davis brand. A Davis player. He was, exactly. but now he's too popular. You're the guy that wrote up Ladarius Green years ago. Like, Johnny Smith is another iteration of Ladarius yeah, Green. Yeah, I've learned my lesson, dude. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy, Lucy took the football away too many times, you know? Uh, oh, They're going to utilize him in whatever way they can because he is just... You yeah, you don't even know, dude. They're against, gonna utilize him. You didn't touch you don't even catch know. versus versus the Ravens last year in the playoffs. Come on, bro. It's January season. All right. <laughs> Darren Waller's tight end five, Pete. So you don't like Waller? Is, I, or is it all the different options in that offense now? Yeah, I I think if I had my uh own rankings, which I still need to adjust, I think I might even be an Ingram over Waller guy. I just am not convinced that we're yeah. going to get the Waller we saw for that first half of the season. Uh, especially they they add rugs. His target share had already plummeted. Um, I just don't think he's going to be their leading target uh, in that offense like he was the first half of the season. You think it's Renfro that's going to get all the love? It. Uh, I think it's going to be spread around. I think. I mean, I that's, what, pod, that's what I heard that's the what pod happened father. last year. Podfather said the other day um, that because I was listening to another podcast and when I picked my earbuds, like this was the exact moment where the Podfather said that Renfro would be leading the team in receptions, not rugs. I, d- I mean, I don't think that's a bad take at all. And again, even even though he's not the most e- exciting second year player, I mean, targeting these second year wide receivers who were efficient and solid in their first year is just good process in general. I, I think he could, uh, I think he could smash his ADP. Possession yep. wide receivers. All right. Uh, any other legit or bit from you guys? Pete, do you have one for us? Legit or bit? I got do one you? for you. Fireworks okay. are overrated. Legit or bit? Very, legit. I mean, Fireworks legit. suck. Yeah. That's a bit. Whoa, Tyler, you're a big fireworks guy? And this is coming from a guy, I'm not the old man that's like, oh, don't keep my kids awake while you fire off, shoot off fireworks. I'm surprised. This is more like, Bryson, hit it down the middle and keep your fireworks (laughs) to yourself. I mean, I I do get annoyed with the, when we're like two weeks in either direction out from the 4th of July and people are shooting off fireworks. That's annoying. But I'll give you a week buffer in between. Does it make you like when you hear someone else doing them? Um, do you get like patriotic, or you're like, "This is summer, this is America"? Like, what is the reaction that it invokes in you? That these fireworks nice. from China are amazing. No, it's just it's don't fun, set man. up Tuttle for another uh, comment. Yeah, like that. let's steer away from the race talk. No, it's fun. Like the the kids, there's one firework that you know you, you light it and it makes the dog go poop. They like that one. Um, <laughs> You haven't seen those ones? Okay, no, I thought you meant literally that ones. it was like a Pavlovian response for your dog when he hears fireworks. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. <laughs> no, fireworks are fun, but keep it within a, a week window. Okay, that's a fair take. 
I'll say that I think they're overrated, except the one caveat to that is because Nashville downtown used to have like a huge fireworks show. They canceled obviously this year, but um, the one caveat to that would be Disney. The Disney fireworks this year, I was legit impressed because it wasn't just the fireworks. It was like projecting the like the like the movie onto the castle. Let, if you let, can like if if like we have to get beyond fireworks. There's also the the new fireworks that I like just just mark this down. The new fireworks are going to be these drone shows that like they go and like do different patterns. Like those are going to be the new fireworks in the future. But. What are your what is your guys's favorite firework? I'm asking this because I want to say mine, which is a bottle rocket. Those things were bottle so rockets or Roman candles. Did you I'm, ever have uh, Roman candles? Is definitely the answer. The problem is, is that I'm 27 now, and um, it's just like you can't just go and like uh, shoot those at your friends anymore. It's not. Yeah, I was about cool. to say. Did shoot you ever it at have your girlfriend like, and see how she responds? We had major bottle rocket Roman candle wars. Oh yeah, yeah, that Get, was like, cool when I was like 16 and I'm like high on Percocets at the skate park, but I don't know if it really works out anymore. Then, yeah. We definitely would definitely encourage uh, eyewear. Uh, if anyone tries this at home, I met my get, kids this week and see if they like it. You get back to back with a, a guy that has another Roman can like two Roman candles. Yep. And then you light, you have a guy on each side that lights them for them. And then you take 10 steps and you turn around, and then it's just like slow mo. You just think of like the camera just cir- circling around the two guys, and it's just it's amazing shooting two Roman candles right at each other. Yeah, that, that does sound fun. It actually reminds me. Tuttle will probably know what I'm talking about. I haven't seen it of late, but there was a TikTok trend for a while where there'd be <laughs> like a, an egg. And a group of friends would spin the bottle, and whoever it landed on had to grab the egg. Yes, and got to that looks so much fun. And so the other people just all disperse once they're not the one that's yes. selected, and you just people pelting each other with eggs. That as looks they run so off. much fun. But that was the same thing with the golf thing, right? They would well, spin. They would spin the uh, the tee, mm. and then whoever it landed on, the other guy would the guy would hit it, and everyone else would run, and like whoever the like people were getting pelted with golf balls. That just yeah, sounds okay. dangerous. I would play the egg one. I'm yeah. out on the golf ball one. And there's yeah, also soccer. The same thing with soccer. So everyone's like, it's like spin the bottle, except whoever it lands on gets to punish everybody else. Did you guys, when you were playing soccer, did you guys ever play that game butts, butts up, up where someone got to yes. play? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Of course. Soccer day. Davis bro. and Tuttle, you guys familiar with butts up? Not, no. not familiar with butts up. There's no way that happens anymore in this era, right, Dave? No, yeah. There's also the one with a tennis ball where it's like pet where you would throw it against the um, the wall, wall and then you yeah. would have to you would have to catch it, and if you bobbled it, you have to drop it, and someone could pelt yep. you with it. If they, yeah, if we they called hit that wall ball. The, yeah, if they hit the wall before you did. Man, and you're then younger also, than I thought, yeah. Dave. You're, you're pretty young at heart. <laughs> uh, you know that's not the takeaway. Those are I had classic, in that conversation. Those are classic games. I was pretty Davis's old. Takeaway. <laughs> My takeaway is that you're older than I thought, Pete. All right, final closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Is that your closing thought, Davis? Stack your team in the Scott Fishbowl or you don't care. There you go. Peter, what's your closing thought? My closing thought uh, is a little bit of breaking news, but it is uh, a very heartfelt congratulations to Miami Dolphins. Grown-ass tight end man. Mike Gusecki on his engagement. Breaking news. Congratulations, Mike Gusecki. Fins up. Fins up. If you can give me that plus one, I'd really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, Tuttle, closing thoughts? 
closing thoughts. Ignore the haters. Enjoy some fireworks. America. It bombs. Might be going. I'm, I'm yeah. sure there won't be a spike of cases in, in uh, two weeks on July 21st. I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I will say this. We live in a time where there are... And my closing <laughs> oh my thought is this. We, we, live in a time, we live in a time where there is a lot of adversity. <laughs> oh. And when you're faced with that adversity, you know what you do? Pick you email Scott Fish. No, you email Scott Fish and you tell him, I can't do it. I can't do it. Move <laughs> me to another league. That's what you Jacob have to Rick do. Road. You just run. Just run. It's what you not, do it's 20, in a time it's 2020. Of you don't you have to take a stand. And you don't, you don't wear have to a mask. Over, you don't have to overcome anything. Just run, baby. Just go to Dairy Queen, get a dilly bar. Drive home and, and take a walk with your daughter without wearing a mask. It wouldn't Billy be the swole cast without just great. ad hominem attacks to close out the show. <laughs> that will do it. Sign up uh, for live. Do we do, do we pick a lifetime member for the swole cast? No, you got to send a subscription. Yeah. Honestly, right. I got I got cold feet about giving away a million dollars of surplus value. The lifetime <laughs> value if you uh, if you subscribe to our iTunes feed. Of a million dollars, so it goes to uh, Brandon Parker, who said, "Pete, I love you, man, but these other guys, I just can't, man. I'm out." <laughs> Pete right, or Brandon you Parker, you're the winner of a Brandon lifetime Parker, Come on down. All the burners are firing this week. <laughs> I thought it was uh, not total big E. That was your uh, burner, Dave. That's your burner, yeah. He said, uh, finally, the star of the show is back at the helm. So uh, <laughs> shout out to my my Canadian friend, not total Big E, which is not total my mom. All right, uh, that will do it. Special thanks to Devin for producing the show and having – I'm just I'm just attaching your name to the show so you can't get away from it. Um, and to these guys for being on the show. We'll see you next week. Have a happy, safe 4th of July and uh, a happy, safe Scott Fishbowl 10 draft. We'll see you later.